GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I'm one of your hosts, Craig WK, and with me is my buddy, the arcade phantom himself, Sean. Nice to meet y'all. Sean here and I have been buddies for a, a really long time. Uh, we've uh, been friends since, uh, what year? 1997 now? Wow. <laughs> 1997. We've had a 20-year anniversary? Yeah. We're at 21 this year. Wow. Isn't Our that friendship a- can drink. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that adorable? Uh, so, uh, you might be wondering, Noiseland Arcade, it is a Simpsons podcast where gamers talk about The Simpsons. Uh, and uh, uh, today we're, of course, talking about the very first episode. Uh, Sean, if you'd uh, like to reveal that. Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. Which yeah. aired in 1989. Yeah, uh, December 17th, 1989 yes. is the only Simpsons episode to air in the 80s. Yet it wasn't supposed to air in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, uh, as a quick side note, yeah, it is a. Uh, it was supposed to be the eighth episode. It was supposed to be the seventh episode. Seventh episode. It was supposed to be later. Uh, and there's a few little facts that'll kind of reveal that as we uh, uh, go through the the not only this podcast or uh, this podcast series, but also even in this episode. Now, let's go ahead for for our fans that maybe don't remember the episode very well. The Simpsons roasting on an open fire was basically an episode where Bart messes things up, of course, has to waste the family's money, and Homer doesn't get his bonus, so he needs to make some money for Christmas. Correct. I don't think you're skipping anything there yeah. too much. Uh, that's the the gist of it. Uh, so, as far as that goes, uh, uh, Sean, I, I did want to ask you here. Uh, is there anything like from the onset of this episode that you want to share with the listeners before we kind of start breaking down the the sort of the details of the uh, the episode? So, oddly enough, going through this episode, I realized. There's probably a lot of people out there who get night jobs as Santa Claus, which is what Homer has to do throughout this episode. Yeah. So I started doing research into my family to see if, like, my dad had to do that. Apparently, my grandpa used to do that every Christmas to pay for gifts for my mom. Really? Yeah. So so this is actually something that happened, not, not necessarily for you, obviously. It was your grandpa. But you, in order to pay for your mother's Christmas, your grandpa took a job as like a, a like essentially a mall santa like went out as santa yeah he would do phone calls to kids who were underprivileged he would write letters to them wow. and they basically gave him like a small stipend for it really yeah i never knew that that's super interesting i uh i i don't think i've ever known anyone who's uh uh been a mall santa in fact uh to be honest with you i feel like i would be really uncomfortable <laughs> if any one of my <laughs> friends was a mall santa i don't know if i trust them I don't even, know if I would trust anyone I know with a bunch of random kids. I don't even know if I trust the ones that already have kids, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, so uh, at the start of the episode, we see uh, Marge and Homer are, you know, driving way too recklessly to the uh, uh, elementary school, uh, Springfield Elementary, where uh, Bart and Lisa are having an elementary school like Christmas pageant. Which, a Christmas pageant, that's just something that they don't do anymore nowadays because of everything being politically correct. Wow, yeah, they'll they'll have probably, like, holiday, you know, like, get parties or something, but yeah, no... Maybe no a Christ- winter-themed party or something. Yeah, no Christmas pageants, though. Unless it's 
like a religious school, I guess. I had a bunch of Christmas pageants growing up, though. Yeah, I, I did remember too. having to like wear a suit and tie, like as a little first grader going in. Oh man, we had like end of the year Labor Day pageants or Memorial Day pageants where we had to dress up in like little all-American things. This was a thing back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it's really weird to think about. I, I don't remember a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff from when I was a kid because I mostly pushed it out of my mind. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's really a, a kind of a weird uh, sort of sign of the times. Uh, but uh, so they go through their, uh, uh, their pageant. Uh, Lisa is, of course, re- super talented. Uh, Bart, of course, is a uh, a little hellraiser as he sings the uh, the Batman version of Jingle Bells. Well, backing up to Lisa there, they do yeah. a whole skit that's the Santas of many nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they try to do different Santa Clauses from all around the world. Sure. Uh, they they mention something about Germany and Japan and uh, not Italy. They didn't complete the Axis. <laughs> they were close. <laughs> they were close to doing the full World War II. <laughs> Uh, I apologize to all our listeners in uh, Germany and uh, Japan, but I, I, yeah. So, uh, I, is there something about that that uh, stuck out to you? No, I just think it's a very interesting thing that they were trying to be multicultural, which wasn't really a thing back then. Nowadays, it's kind of a big thing to teach kids about other cultures. Yeah, I, I, there's one thing I recall. And it wasn't even in elementary school. I think it was in middle school. And you might remember this uh, since we went to the same middle school, Sean. Uh, do you remember it was like a, a like a like a food fair where like in middle school where you had to like prepare food from like another culture and bring it in as like this big like like get together or whatever. That was definitely middle school because I remember anything involving food. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a big multicultural fair, and they still did those even when I was in college. When I was at Schoolcraft, they used to big, do big multicultural fairs. Oh, interesting. And they'd have people come in and cook, like, all sorts of things. I had Peru, for the record. Really? Yeah, I did. I made a Peruvian potato salad. I think I had France. Oh, yeah, because uh, uh, you uh, you have some French ancestry, yeah, don't so you? Yeah, so I think I made Belgian waffles, which isn't French, <laughs> but uh, I don't, Belgium I don't like French close. toast, so... Belgium is just France with a funny accent. It's 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 pretty close. You make any bakery item, you could say it's French. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I chose Peru because uh, my grandpa was in Peru when I was born. Huh? Yeah, he uh, traveled a lot. My uh, uh, grandpa on my mom's side, and uh, he had been in Peru at the, uh, the the time I was born, and so I always thought that was kind of interesting. I, uh, but I, uh, so we flash forward a bit, and I. Uh, Maybe maybe it was an 80s thing, but I feel like when Bart gets a tattoo, when Bart's like, you know, really adamant that he's going to get a tattoo and Homer's like, ah, oh, you better you're gonna have to save up for it with your own allowance. That guy in the tattoo parlor is real quick to throw Bart in that chair. Oh, he doesn't care at all. He's just getting paid. He just wants to do it. <laughs> he asks, uh, does he ask if he's 21 or 18? I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it's 18. It might, it might only be 18. He's like, are you old enough? Bart's like, yes, sir, and throws him into the chair. And he gets pretty far. Considering it's a, a pretty, I wouldn't say a complex tattoo, but there's a lot of coloring there. He gets pretty far before Marge puts the kibosh on it and rips him out of the chair. And it makes you wonder, how long were Marge and Lisa and Maggie in that store before they realized Bart was gone? See, I've never thought about how long they were wandering around the mall. You just bringing that up kind of made me think about that. They had to be there for a long time. What? They were they were in that mall a long time, and Marge wasn't worried in the least. What I'm worth thinking about with that is I have a couple tattoos, mm-hmm. so I just think that he would have done the outline fully and wrote out mother beforehand, not moth, 
and then shaded it. But this guy just shaded the tattoo right away. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Kind of slapdash. Yeah, he he's not the best <laughs> tattoo artist. He's kind of a little scuzzy. <laughs> I mean, he he was really really quick to let uh, a child jump into that chair to make a quick buck. It's a little on the scummy side. Uh, but uh, as the the episode progresses, uh, there's a couple of things I did want to uh, bring up. One is the fact that uh, you know in this episode we have uh, the voice of Smithers is like you know for the first time we hear it. Uh, you don't see Smithers; you only hear his voice. And Mister Burns is in his office, but it's not the normal office throughout the rest of the the series. At least after uh, season one, I think he has that office one more time. I think he's got that office. In Homer's Odyssey? Homer's Odyssey. Okay. And uh, the one interesting thing, though, is that even when he remodels his office or changes offices, he keeps the polar bear. Yeah, he does. The polar bear is uh, still uh, uh, in there. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. One thing uh, that I thought was kind of interesting mm-hmm. is Grandpa Simpson shows up in this, and he wasn't in any of the original Tracy Ullman shorts. He, oh, He's one of the first right. characters to show up as a new character in this. Yeah, the uh, gra- uh, grandpa uh, appearing was interesting. In fact, the the when I was watching this episode for research, I kind of got uh, confused because in the uh, the episode when Marge is writing out her letter to like un you know unnamed family, uh, she says that Grandpa's still with us. And at first, I was like, "Oh, does Grandpa live with them?" But in the rest of the series, you don't see him living with them, and he. Uh, uh, you know, they, they make jokes about how they threw him in a home real fast. And then on the second watch through, I realized, oh, no, the joke is that Grandpa's still with us and that he's still alive. He's, well, they brought that up right after bringing up Snowball 2 or right before Snowball right, 2. Right, right. Which is an ongoing gag in The Simpsons that the first cat, Snowball, was run over by a car. And now the second cat, Snowball 2, is just another cat they grabbed who's not white at all. He's a black cat, <laughs> but they call him Snowball 2. Now, here's a quick little uh, side trivia note for you. Do you remember who killed Snowball 1, according to the Halloween special? Uh, is it Quinby's drunken cousin Clovis? <laughs> the name the name is Clovis, but I don't remember if it's his brother or his cousin. <laughs> but yes, it is Clovis, the uh, beer-swilling relative of Mayor Quimby. I've always loved the name Clovis. <laughs> I just, it's, it's pretty great. If anybody out there's name is Clovis, props to you, because that is a hilarious name, and I love it. It's a pretty great name. Clovis. I... Uh, so, the one of the things that I like in watching this episode kind of caught me off guard is that I, uh, I like back in the day, Simpsons was really you know a lot of pure purist kind of groups were like, oh, the Simpsons is you know way too you know like much of a bad influence. You know they you know they talked about how the Simpsons you know I mean George Bush himself talked about how he wanted families to be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. And it kind of made me wonder, but even in the first episode, there's some crude humor. The Even the guy who's going to remove Bart's tattoo, the laser surgeon guy, is like, oh, don't go wiggling around. You don't want to get this thing in your eye or in your groin. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe this is sort of the reason why they, you know, some you know purists were not very thrilled with The Simpsons. I think what, what might have thrown purists off was Bart's line to Homer when he's Santa Claus is, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? <laughs> Which is a standout line for Bart. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. He, he, that, I mean, throughout the rest of the series, almost any time he introduces himself, it is as, I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you? And I really also, as a 
quick aside, uh, really love the delivery that Dan Castellaneta gives when he says, I'm jolly old St. Nick. He sounds so like a, a fed up parent in that lo- in that moment. And I always really appreciated that. What's funny about the Bar- I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Because uh-huh. I started saying that probably as a five year old kid. <laughs> Which probably wasn't the best idea, but I said it to a couple teachers and got in trouble for it. But I'm arcade fan of who the hell are you? I <laughs> uh, so the a little a little bit more into the episode, and uh, uh, at this point, you know, uh, Homer realizes he didn't get his bonus. He realizes that you know Christmas is in, you know in trouble for the Simpsons, and uh, he there's a really great shot that I really really love. He. Uh, goes outside uh when he's pretty upset and he looks at the flanders who have this you know great light job on their house the lighting at homer you know in homer's house the simpson household is garbage but he as an aside to that my dad was always the flanders growing up trying to deck our house out as much as possible (laughs) to make the neighbors mad and he wasn't that opulent. He wasn't like Ned Flanders. He wasn't set off back then. But uh-huh. he would just try to show off just to be something. <laughs> <laughs> just to be a jerk. <laughs> my uh, uh, For my mom uh, growing up, we didn't decorate for holidays. Like it, it was an afterthought. A Christmas tree was the the most we went out for. We we handed out candy at Halloween, but like yeah, we never put up decorations or anything like that. And so I I kind of like am am sort of in the Homer mindset where it's just like eh, who cares, you know? Uh, but uh, I but outside Homer goes out, looks between the two houses. I think he mutters the word dough and looks down, and it's a really great shot of Homer looking down in the snow, and it's just it, it just. I don't know. There's it's a really great moment. And it's I mean, considering it's the Simpsons, and it's goofier. You know, it's kind of a touching moment. Homer is genuinely concerned that his family's Christmas is going to be ruined because of the fact that, you know, well, also because Bart's an idiot, but mostly because he didn't get his Christmas bonus. I think that's a legitimate thing for any parent to think is they yeah. want the best for their kids and their family. Absolutely. Uh, I can remember uh, uh, when I was a kid. Uh, there had been a loss in the family, uh, which I won't bore our listeners with the details or anything. But I, uh, uh, my one of my the biggest concerns for my mom that Christmas was it has to be the best Christmas, and she went like all out. And what'd you get for Christmas that year? Uh, an entire <laughs> stereo system. <laughs> like yeah, no, she legitimately went all out. Like she's curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was this big stereo system. Uh, and it, uh, honestly, the the sort of sad thing is that I. Uh, it because of technology it ended up getting outdated uh because it was like you know it was a radio and cassette that was it oh come on cassettes are still a thing right for hipsters and i I, i'm not gonna lie there's a part of me because i collect vinyl records there's a part of me that's kind of like you know cassettes would be kind of cool to collect too (laughs) but uh we move on and uh there's and before we get to the the uh the part where they decide to go to a dog track on Christmas Eve. Uh, is there anything else that before I cut you off that you wanted to bring up in the interim between them? Just how Homer got his job as Santa Claus is kind of an interesting story. Yeah. So Homer's at Moe's Pub. Mm-hmm. He's down on his luck drinking, which probably doesn't put any more money into his household than he should be doing <laughs> nope. to try and make a better Christmas. Nope. But he decides, oh, I need to do something. And Barney, his best friend, comes up and tells him, get a job as Santa Claus. It'll work out. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of the Christmas special kind of feel to it, that things always work out in the end. It, it kind of has its ups and downs, but it goes up 
And this is kind of like the midpoint where you're like, okay, things aren't going to be so bad this Christmas. Mm hmm. Yeah, I uh, uh, I think you're right. I think that's sort of like the the. I mean, the the whole episode has a very Christmas feel to it. Be, you know, it's mostly just Homer trying to get Christmas going for his family. But you know, like Homer goes shopping and he gets a bunch of cheap trinkets and he bumps into Flanders, who has all this you know all the money in the world to be able to buy all these different presents and stuff. And so you know, throughout the Which, episode, that is another great scene where Homer is legitimately mad as a father. So he walks into Flanders and they drop all their gifts. Mm-hmm. And Homer picks up his one gift and he's okay with it. And Flanders keeps pointing out that this gift's mine and this one's mine and this one's mine. And Homer's just getting madder and madder. <laughs> and Castellaneta adds this just level to it where he's just, they're all yours. Yeah, he, he gets really upset. And I really love how mad he gets at, I think it's uh, uh, Todd Flanders, uh, his first appearance as well. And... Uh, <sighs> He's like, you dropped your pork chop, Mr. Sims. He's like, give me that. And he has so much venom in his voice when he yells, give me that. Which that pork chop, again, is a dog toy <laughs> that he's going to give to Maggie because he can't afford anything better. Is that a, now, do you think that is a, uh, something where the writers were just like, okay, that's kind of funny? Or do you think that was sort of like a fun little omen they put in because they were like, oh, they're going to get a dog in this episode? Probably foreshadowing it's probably foreshadowing a little bit of foreshadowing there spoiler with the dog craig (laughs) listen santa's little helper has been in like nearly every episode of the simpsons i feel like if you're a fan of the simpsons you know what's coming (laughs) so they uh so we jump forward and uh barney gets his well homer is about to get his check and he is uh, shocked to find out that he's getting a check for 13 dollars so his check is originally $130, I believe. $120, $130. Uh, somewhere, somewhere around there, yeah. But he's charged for Social Security, mm-hmm. Santa costume rental, yep. Santa training. And yep. it comes up to be about $13. Yeah, that is real, real sad. I, uh, oh, and uh, uh, it's funny to think that the guy who is training Homer as Santa would eventually be the hypnotist in the baseball episode. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but I... Uh, so, uh, so Homer gets this check for thirteen dollars, and he he uh, laments the fact that you know there's nothing you can buy for thirteen dollars, and, uh, and and this is in 1989. There's nothing you can buy for thirteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even back then, thirteen dollars was not getting you a whole heck of a lot. And uh, so Barney is real excited about his thirteen dollars, though, and he says he's going to go to the dog track. So Homer decides, let's go to the dog track and let's bring the boy. <laughs> yeah, so well, here's the thing. Uh, Homer, you know, as, as much of a, a crummy dad as Homer is throughout the series, he even says in that moment, he's like, I may be a shoddy father, but I'm not bringing my son to a dog track. And it's Bart himself who convinces him because he found out that, you know, uh, uh, you know, Homer was uh, playing Santa Claus. And so on Christmas Eve, Bart, Barney, and Homer go to the Springfield Downs. Which, have you ever been to a dog track before? I never have. They are the skeeziest place you can go. (laughs) Really? I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. Let's just say the worst people you'll find will be gambling at a dog track, probably on a holiday. I'm sure other days, weekends, it's just people having fun. But when you get to something like a holiday or the late races, yeah, that's where the people who have the real gambling addictions come out, which is a problem. It is. And if you are having a gambling problem we do suggest that you reach out and uh, get some help uh 
Sean and I are probably not that help. But in any event, we do recommend you reach out for someone. Definitely not that help, because if there's a table, I will probably hit it. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> so, so, so Homer and uh, uh, before they even take off to the dog track, though, there is a particular moment that I think is kind of interesting. Uh, Bart, you know, is is hyping up Homer and he's like, listen, you know, if there's one thing I found out is that, you know, Christmas, you know, miracles happen for kids on Christmas. If it's, you know, uh, if it's not Tiny Tim, it's Charlie Brown or it's the Smurfs. And Homer gets up, and as he's leaving, he says, who's Tiny Tim? Which implies that Homer knows Charlie Brown, you know, from Peanuts, and he knows the Smurfs, the cartoon, but he has no idea who Tiny Tim is from, because uh, that's a Christmas Carol, right? Uh, yeah, yeah Christmas, Charles Dickens. Yeah, Charles, Dick, uh, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. He has no idea what that is or who that is. Well, let's back that up for a second. Homer knows that good things happen to Charlie Brown on Christmas, mm-hmm. which we all know Charlie Brown has a kind of a crappy Christmas, uh-huh. but the Smurfs. <laughs> Yep. Let's talk about the Smurfs for a second. Just a brief second, because this isn't sure, talking about yeah, the Smurfs. Sure, but sure. The Smurfs Christmas special, mm-hmm. they fight this guy who ends up being Satan, basically. Uh, yeah, at this, uh, I, now the, the dates might be a little off, but I'm very sure that that Christmas episode of the Smurfs would have been probably, I think that would have been the only one at that point that Homer would have known, right? Because there's one other Christmas special. Yeah, I, I think the other one was later. I, I maybe maybe they were both out by the time you know the Simpsons was released. It could very well be, uh, but the Smurfs cartoon was you know airing in the the what the eighties, right? But they fought Satan on Christmas. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> it's the devil. <laughs> yep, they were fighting Satan himself. That is that is the Smurfs Christmas special. So Homer knows that, but he doesn't know <laughs> a Christmas. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know a Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens classic, which. I mean, it was made into a million different movies. That's true. He could have seen the Muppets version of it. Well, the Muppets probably was 90s, I think. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was late 80s. I don't know. In any, in any event. Uh, so they, they get to the dog track, and uh, they they hear that, you know, Santa's Little Helper is a late entry, and Homer is dead set that this is a sign. Bart is not convinced. He's like, it's a coincidence. They bet on Santa's Little Helper. They lose their $13, and they could have made Which uh, the odds lot, on right? Santa's Little Helper were 100 to 1. Uh, yeah, 99 to 1 or 100 to 1? I think 99 to 1. 99 to 1, yeah. yeah. So uh, they would have, what, made uh, 1200 nearly $1,300, right? Yeah, roughly $1,300, which would have wow. been a pretty good Christmas in 1989. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it really would have been. Uh, that could be a good Christmas now. Yeah, I'd settle for. If anybody wants to give me thirteen hundred dollars, I will settle for that right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if I'd use the word settle. Like that's a lot of money. And uh, uh, Barney, who's dead set on whirlwind, uh, gets his ten to one odds, makes his hundred and what thirty bucks. Hundred thirty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred thirty bucks. And uh, uh, as. Uh, Homer and Bart are, you know, in the parking lot looking for winning tickets, which is about the most sad thing ever. Then on Christmas Eve, that's what they're doing. I can't think of anything much sadder to do on Christmas Eve than look for a winning ticket. In the parking lot of a dog track race. Which, where are they going to buy gifts at that point? If they do get the money? Or is Homer just going to be like, here's a bunch of money, guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I, I don't know if Homer thought out that uh, plan very well. I, maybe there's some late night stores open. In Springfield? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he'd buy everything at the Quickie Mart, which hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> but it is also pretty sad. 
I don't even with a thousand three hundred bucks. I don't know that you, there's a lot of cool things you can buy at a convenience store for kids for Christmas. A lot of candy. Some what like some seasonal toys yeah. potentially. Maybe some decorations for Marge. Okay, all right. I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess. But uh, in the parking lot, Santa's little helper is chased away by his owner, who's a real scummy-looking guy who throws a rock at him. Yeah, which <laughs> apparently is a thing for the abandonment of greyhounds. And I didn't know that until I looked up history of this episode. Yeah, yeah. And apparently a bunch of people came to the Simpsons writers, and they're like, hey, thanks for bringing this to our attention, because a lot of people don't know this. It's t- 2018, and I didn't know this, and this episode aired almost 30 years ago. <coughs> Yeah, the uh, yeah, that's pretty sad to think about. That like you know, uh, uh, you know, for dogs that r- race, that they get abandoned if they're not winning, and that's pretty sad. Well, like the thing about it that I looked up because I started looking deep into this. Apparently, with a horse, if they lose, mm-hmm. you can kill the horse. You can put the horse <laughs> down. Ugh. You kind of need a reason to put a dog down, so they just get abandoned. I mean, I don't know what's more sad. Yeah, both are incredibly <laughs> sad. Both are pretty depressing. The world of racetracks is just sad. <laughs> Bet on cars if you can, people. You don't have to put a car down. <laughs> Bumblebee's not riding the way he used to. <laughs> I'm going to have to put him down. I'm sorry, son. Bumblebee's going away. <laughs> He's going to go join Hot Rod. <laughs> Bumblebee's going to the live on the farm. So, I. Uh, as they get the dog, and and Homer makes uh, a pretty, I, I feel like it's a pretty great line. It's 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 not one of the like the most well known hilarious lines of The Simpsons, but as he gets this dog and he's like, this thing's a loser, this thing's pathetic. It looks him in the face. He says it's a Simpson, thus implying that the Simpsons are losers. <laughs> I think that's a good setup for the entire series, right there. It, it kind of lets is. you know about the family, <laughs> and this is a very different family dynamic than you have in every other show, because every other yeah. show the family is successful rich they usually get away with things i mean even the families that weren't successful and rich loved each other a lot more like the partridge family they'd go out in a car together and they'd all tour yeah the simpsons don't get along as well no they don't and it's it's honestly a more realistic i think family setting it's that makes it a little more sad for the the world but uh i mean let's face it like almost like you said every other 80s sitcom was so wholesome and pure and it wasn't that realistic, honestly. You know, there's there's no family is perfect. And I mean, I, you know, obviously in the sitcoms, you know, there's conflict, but not conflict like the Simpsons have on just a daily basis. Yeah, the Simpsons conflict is a little more grounded, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like, okay, we're going to have this zany person come up. It's going to be Homer's got a problem at his job. At least yeah. in the early episodes. It gets yeah. zany later on. Right. It, it definitely does. In, in the early seasons, especially season one, it is very much sitcom-y. The, yeah, it's very sitcom yeah. very down to earth. I mean, there's there's some weirder stuff in season one, I think, like when uh, they get lost in the woods. I think that's a little zany. I mean, it's a little bit more down to earth. Not no, no, trying I've, to make I've a been, pun. I've been lost in the woods a couple times as a family. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. I, uh, I don't go out into the woods often enough, apparently, to get lost. I... Uh, now, uh, uh, you know, Homer gets back, and uh, uh, and throughout the episode, too, he's had this, like, clash uh, with the uh, uh, Marge's sisters, and it really sets up their entire relationship throughout the series, because, like, they're, they're very antagonistic to Homer. See, I think when he gets back might be one of my favorite scenes in this entire episode, 
because Homer's look on his face is just so forlorn. Mm-hmm. He's got the dog, but he doesn't think that's enough. Yeah. He's upset. He's down. And he walks in, and Marge is like, oh, hey, Homer, how's it going? And she's as polite and happy as can be, despite not knowing anything that's going on. Yeah, I uh, I also think it's funny that uh, uh, like Patty and Selva under their breath are perpetually like bad mouthing Homer, and at one point they're like, "Yeah," and he'll come in smelling like cheap perfume, and it's like, "Whoa, that's that's almost a little like kind of pushing it. That's a little dark." Yeah. So, but I uh, I uh, also if he comes back smelling like cheap perfume, he's got Bart with him. <laughs> Bart was witness to this affair <laughs> that they're alleging, Gross. which is really dark and. Ugh. Yeah, Patty and Selma are not the best aunts. They they also, I mean, even in this episode, you know, Lisa tries to defend Homer, and uh, I don't remember if it's Selma or Patty. I guess it doesn't matter. But uh, she blows her off, and she's like, watch your cartoons, dear. And it's like, like, come on. Like, the, the kid made a point to you, and you're going to, like, like, look down at her because she's a child. That's uh, Patty and Selma are not the best. Not to get too yeah. personal, but mm-hmm. Patty and Selma might be be other than chain smoking my mom and sisters they might be petty and soma the way they act and treated my dad and all that (laughs) it's very similar that's kind of funny actually uh so in the uh uh kind of the the final you know stretch of the episode uh you know homer apologizes to the family and bart just cuts him off and it's like look what we got and they got a dog, and everyone's super excited. Everyone's really happy, and uh, I think probably the—I I would say probably about the the most clever writing of the episode, in my opinion, is uh, when Bart says, "And if he runs away, he won't be hard to catch," <laughs> which is such a great line. I also love when Lisa asks, "Well, oh, what's the boy's name?" <laughs> he said, "Homer's like uh, number eight. Uh, I mean, uh, Santa's a little helper. That's such good writing right there. Yeah, they they did a really great job. And then the the episode ends uh, uh, on kind of a weird note because, uh, I mean, everyone's happy and they sing, you know, a, a song together and it's, okay, very Christmassy. But the episode never once shows us the Simpsons on Christmas. The episode ends Christmas Eve night. Which is true. You do not the you do not see the Simpsons on a Christmas, despite the fact they have a Christmas special, until years later when there is another Christmas episode. Well, I mean, come on, what is that Christmas really going to be? They don't have a big dinner planned. They <laughs> they've got a dog they can hang out with. They don't have dog food. Nowhere's open. They're feeding the dog scraps that they don't know. The saddest That's a sad episode the that I don't want to see. You're not wrong. So that is about the uh, saddest uh, Christmas. I mean, they had a dog to play with. That's kind of fun, I guess. Things like that. So I think we got to start off with that Christmas pageant because there's one scene in there that upon repeated watchings always kind of weirded me out. Yeah. Lisa's naked. Yeah. Apparently the writers say she wasn't naked. She was in a yellow leotard, quote unquote. In Yeah. the uh, When Lisa dances around with like the, the big mask and like the, the, uh, the flaming torches, uh, her like grass skirt is not colored in or anything and so it kind of just looks like she's just naked with like a little bit of like tufts of grass hanging off her waist which i always thought was kind of weird and i don't know it just yeah i was young it made me think weird (laughs) things that i shouldn't be thinking (laughs) i grew up too fast with the simpsons so uh also at the pageant uh i don't know if anyone else uh, has ever caught this behind marge there is a noseless lady 
I have not caught that actually. There is a woman with no nose, and and it's funny because like you only catch her at like uh, one or two uh, like scene transitions. Uh, but uh, yeah, there is a woman without a nose behind Marge that I always thought was kind of weird. Uh, and uh, uh, another uh, uh, big thing, and, and if there's you know anything else, of course you know let me know. But uh, uh, there's a, a at one point uh, they're talking in the kitchen, and the fridge is not drawn in three dimensions. It's just draw it's like it's drawn to the wall. It's almost like you you gave Bart crayons and he drew a fridge on the wall. That's almost what it looks like. Now is that when they're talking about the money for Christmas? That's not because okay. when they talk about the money for Christmas, and I think you're about to bring up the other thing yeah. I caught, uh, uh something else weird happened. So Sean, what is it that is strange? So they're about to bring up the money for Christmas and yeah. Marge tells everybody, you know, look away, I gotta pull out my money from the hiding spot which is in her hair. Her mm-hmm. giant hair is where she hides the money. But her necklace just randomly disappears and reappears. Oh, now that's something I didn't catch. Uh, there is one other thing that is, is uh, uh, on my first watch, I didn't see it when I was doing research. But the second watch, I caught it, and it was like, oh, that's really bizarre. When, uh, they're ta- when Homer freaks out about how he isn't getting his bonus, and then he's like, oh, no, don't worry. Yeah, I've got my bonus. Uh, Homer's in front of the kitchen. And he talks at everybody. Marge is on the other side of the room. And then she starts talking. And when it cuts to Marge, she's in front of the kitchen. And so somehow, (laughs) for a brief, a brief, brief moment, Homer is the happiest he's ever been. Because in his house, there are two kitchens. Now, is that the same background they use both times? Is this like a Hanna-Barbera background kind of thing? Or is it just... I, You know, I almost want to say it's it's a little different. Because I think behind Marge, it just looks like there's a kitchen. And then when it's Homer, it's him in front of the doorway to the kitchen. So it might be two different animated scenes. But they might be the same. Okay. I, I'm not remembering it very so well. So no, nobody worked out the angles before they... F- set out to draw this yeah yeah there's there's even another scene too which it's not like like an error in animation but uh there's a scene where uh uh they they're it's like when they're first in the kitchen and the camera's like up on a weird angle looking down on like like almost an isometric view of the kitchen i'm sure you'd probably remember it or or you know when you watch through visual memory of it it right now it just looks weird. It's really artsy, like in its angle, and it's like that's not normally what the Simpsons go for. No. So I don't know if it was just they were like, oh, this is kind of cool, or if it was just like I don't know, just tell them to animate a kitchen, and they just <laughs> drew it from like a weird angle. I have no clue. But that actually brings up a really good point about the animation of this episode. Mm-hmm. This wasn't supposed to be the first episode. They got the first episode back which ends up being the season finale of season one. Ah, yes. And the animation looked horrible. (laughs) And even in its final version, it didn't look great. No, it looks very stretchy and weird, Yeah, which get more into that later. But that's why this became the first episode. This was the first decent episode. This is the first one that looked good that they got back from Korea when they were getting their episodes. Man. Yeah, it's it's weird to think that uh, this episode is... uh, uh, you know, technically was supposed to be meant to be later because of the fact that, uh, oh, not because of the fact, but one of the, the things that always caught me is Homer, when he's doing his job at the plant for a brief few moments before like the, uh, the scene changes, he seems to be focused on safety. But he didn't become a safety inspector for a few more episodes of the actual series. Yeah, that's true. 
And that's because of the fact that this season would have... Yeah, exactly. This was meant to be later, and he would have already been a safety inspector. Which is also why you don't see Santa's little helper in the first season. Oh, yeah. he may have shown up in this episode, but he wasn't supposed to be there that whole season. Yeah, that's right. He was supposed to be uh, uh, late in the... Because this the Christmas special was supposed to be the... Was it supposed to be the last episode? It was supposed to be the seventh or eighth episode. Oh, that's right. Seventh or eighth. So not the last. They could have ran it as the last. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Santa's little helper will not appear much throughout the rest of the season. And it's because of the fact that, yeah, he he wasn't meant to appear so early. Kind of weird. Uh, any other uh, uh, big glaring animation stuff that caught your attention? Honestly, I mean, aside from the fact that the animation's a little, you know, a little less than what it would eventually be like aside from that like there were no other big errors that jumped out to me i'm sure there's more errors in the episode that we haven't noticed and somebody will probably point it out when they listen to this and be like how did they not (laughs) notice this error (laughs) yeah probably yeah they probably uh, i'm sure there's a, a bunch that we missed you brought up the fact that uh, uh, there's really no such thing as Christmas pageant, pageants anymore yeah. to be politically correct. And honestly, it's probably the way it should be. Uh, you know, uh, kids don't do holiday themed stuff anymore. You know, they, it's, it's winter themed or it's summer themed or, you know, very general stuff. Heck, when I was growing up, winter break was always called Christmas break. Yep. Yeah, it was it was actually Christmas break. Uh, aside from that, though, uh, from the very start of the episode, there's something that caught my attention and... Back in the day, I don't think it was as big of a deal, but nowadays it's a real big deal, is when they're driving in, Marge is holding Maggie in the front seat. That's true. Kids aren't, uh, are of course supposed to be in a car seat for safety, but they're also not supposed to be in the front seat. Uh, it's more dangerous for a child, even in a car seat, to be in the front because of the airbags. Yeah, and at Maggie's age, she should actually be faced backwards in the car. Yeah, you know, so uh, uh, it's it's weird to, to to think that, like, back then, it, like, sort of wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, it's, and maybe it was just an animation thing where they just didn't want to animate, you know, uh, Maggie in a car seat. But, like, I feel like in earlier seasons you saw more stuff like that like maggie being held as they drove or something like that and i i mean you would think that the the writers there must have been some of the writers who had kids and stuff so like you'd think they would know that honestly that was a thing back then i remember sitting on my mom and dad's lap driving when i was a little kid i kind of do too i remember uh 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 long car rides even when i was younger being in the front seat even though technically i shouldn't have been you know for, for my age and size or whatever. So, so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, another one I caught was uh, honestly something that I thought I was onto. Uh, when Homer is uh, riding around looking for Christmas trees, uh, the first lot he goes to is $70. And I was like, man, I... I don't buy Christmas trees. I, I live in an apartment. So, like, you know, what's the average, like, live Christmas tree these days? $75 is what they were in The Simpsons. You know what the average was in, uh, I think it was 2016, Sean? No. $70. Yes. That's kind of expensive for a tree. <laughs> it is expensive for a tree, but it hadn't changed since 1989. It was it, for fancy uh, for a fancy tree in 89, it was $75. For the average price of a living tree, it's about $70. That's, it hasn't changed that much. Which is funny because I haven't bought a Christmas tree God, since probably 1995. Wow. I've had a fake tree since then. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I mean, uh, uh, my mom always bought living trees when I lived at home, but I've not lived at home in years. And, you know, and nowadays my mom does have a, uh, a fake tree. Uh, so, you know, it's it's just sort of crazy to, to think that, you know, 
price of trees hasn't really changed much. It's kind of crazy to think that there are still Christmas tree lots. You think oh, yeah. with how environmental everyone is, I guess it is more environmental to cut down a tree than have a giant hunk of plastic that's going to rot for years and years and years and years. I suppose. I mean, but I, I, yeah, I, I guess I could see it that way. I, you know, I mean, it is a little wasteful to, to grow a tree and then just cut it down. But I guess if you're replacing it, like, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter. Somebody just got really, really mad listening to this episode about that. <laughs> Somebody who knows way more about the environment than us is very angry and currently sending us an email, and we welcome it. And we're sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm not that sorry. But we don't know any better about trees. Please tell us about trees on the next podcast of Forest Green. I refuse to apologize for my own ignorance. I. That may be the most Homer Simpson thing you could say. <laughs> refuse so uh so sean is there any other uh uh like dated references and stuff that you caught because honestly it's a fairly timeless episode in general so one thing that i thought was kind of dated was how little homer made homer gets a check that ends up being 13 dollars. yeah yeah pretty pathetic it's originally 120 dollars. so did a little bit of math Mm -hmm. breaking that down yeah yeah and let's say homer works nine to five at the plant so he works from six to nine at the store. That's roughly three hours at the mall every night. Sure, sure. Three to four. Yeah, three to four hours. So okay. we'll average him 20 a week. He probably only gets one paycheck, so it's two weeks. Mm-hmm. He makes about $3 an hour when you break it down, uh. which the average minimum wage at that time was three twenty-five. Really? So he's honestly making pretty close to minimum wage. It's not that cheap. I thought this was going to be a really, really lowball number. I mean, it's a pretty lowball number, but that was minimum wage yeah. back then. Minimum wage was super cheap. I pulled up the f- federal minimum on it, and it was three fifty-five. Wow, man! Yeah, wow. I uh, that is just such a low amount of money. That's just so sad. Oh man, I like even my first job was just way more than that. Honestly, my first job wasn't much more than that. I think it was like five fifty. <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe five and a quarter. Oh yeah. Well, you had started working uh, sooner than I did. I, I did like you know landscaping for my family, like mowing the lawn and stuff. Which you know I wasn't getting paid hourly. I was just getting a flat rate. I uh, but I, uh, man, crazy. It's uh, it's just such a dinky amount of money. I uh, another thing that's kind of dated mm-hmm. is the dog track. You don't see that many tracks, even horse tracks nowadays. No, yeah, that's true. I uh, uh, I don't know if there have been any dog tracks in our area, the Detroit area. I'm sure there have been. Uh, but there used to be a horse track uh, close to us uh, in Livonia. Yeah, and that guy closed down in... Oh, yeah. That was closed in the mid-90s? Mid to late 90s. Or oh, maybe it was late 90s. It was sometime in the, the mid-90s, I think, you know, give or take. But uh, it, it had to be later 90s, because we were friends at the time it closed. Oh, yeah, then it would have so had to have been, yeah. It would have been after 97, at least. Okay, so around uh, uh, 97, 98 or something like that. And, I mean, it, it probably was torn down when we became friends, but I think it might have closed before then, because I think it had been closed for a few years before it got torn down. That could be. I, I don't know. I, in any I, event. I wasn't gambling as a middle school kid. <laughs> really? You, you know, I, I spent a fair amount of time at the track. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I might have spent a couple times learning how to play cards, but I never gambled anything really important. I, uh, you, you've never lived until you've uh, gambled your family savings <laughs> on uh, a horse race. Uh, but yeah, no, the uh, you're right. I, I don't really know of I mean, 
dog tracks and stuff, especially with, you know, uh, the, the, the sort of needed shift in more sort of, you know, uh, kind of, how do I put it? Being more, uh, you know, kind to animals humane. and stuff. Humane. Thank you. I mean, more humane. <coughs> uh, you know, there's uh, been such a, a larger push to get away from, you know, things like horse, tra- you know, horse racing and, uh, uh, you know, dog racing and stuff like that. Or at the very least, the the mistreatment of them behind the scenes. Because I know horse racing is still a big thing, obviously. Honestly, I imagine if there was a dog track around here, you'd have PETA at it every weekend protesting. Probably. And I mean, honestly, like, I mean, it's sort of like you said earlier, like, if you're going to race, like, if you want to bet on a race, cars race. Yeah. Cars race. Cars race. Even people running could race. Yeah. But maybe not, you know. Heck, go to the high school and bet on the track, kids. (laughs) They'll feel happy that they got somebody there and you're making money. It's all good. Your advice is going to get someone put in jail. And they're going to probably deserve that jail time. Listen, just because somebody's going to be at a high school track meeting and they're going to be looking up and seeing all these guys in the stands rooting for them, it'll be the best <laughs> moment ever. And they'll thank me. Hey, what's my uncle doing up there? Hey, my uncle's up there gambling with somebody. Oh, that's weird. I uh, I think that's about the most dated stuff I can think of. Yeah, that's it, honestly, it's a fairly timeless episode. You know, there's there's not a lot of dated references. I almost brought up like the the Smurfs because it's like, oh, Smurfs have been off for a long time, but they came out with some recent movies yeah, in the last they're few still years. Still getting movies. Yeah, that's it's crazy. I mean, obviously Charlie Brown is timeless. Heck, the Peanuts got a new animated movie a few years ago. Oh yeah, wow, weird. Basically, anything you love will always come back. Pretty much. Pretty much. Except for centurions. They'll never come back. <laughs> or Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> we ain't never seeing them. I uh, just want to see the last episodes of Pirates of Dark Water. Come on. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Which this is probably the most interesting part to me because <laughs> There's some I didn't stuff. listen to any of the news growing up. No, me neither. I was a kid. I would, if the news was on, I'd be like, oh, this isn't Looney Tunes. Give me something better. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've never really been one to... to really you know pay attention to a lot of political stuff or the news i i usually do my best to avoid that kind of stuff but when it's old, old now yeah I, I, I listen to the news a lot now that i'm old but loser <laughs> uh but uh even now i don't really uh, uh watch a lot of political stuff or the news or anything but it is pretty interesting to catch the news from back in the day and uh the for the uh, for our you know, just so our listeners know, we're from the Detroit area, and so our sort of source is the Detroit Free Press. We've used the Detroit Free Press and, and other, you know, like historical things and the internet and blah, blah, blah. But uh, uh, front page of the paper, uh, one of the primary topics that I thought was pretty uh, interesting here was that the uh, uh, Democratic representative George Crockett called for the decriminal decriminalization of drugs uh, basically saying that you know the uh, uh, the you know cr- like incriminating people who've done drugs isn't is just overburdening our prison system but I uh, the uh, Will- William Bennett of the National Drug Policy, uh, he's their director, scoffed at it and said that that would just increase people doing drugs and it's a good thing he did because we eventually won the war on drugs yep it's 2018 and this argument is still taking place i really want to give kudos to my buddy george crockett because he was the first to publicly come out and say hey guys this is stupid we shouldn't be you know giving people mandatory jail sentences for this stuff and everybody turned their nose up and kept fighting the war on drugs and we see how that went now i'm not gonna 
say I'm for you guys all going out and doing some drugs. No, here. no, 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 not no, at all. No, but I will say if you do partake in something, I don't think you should be as guilty as someone who murdered a child. You're Just probably saying. not. Probably not. You probably should have a shorter sentence or even community service. Yeah, absolutely. Community service, sure. Absolutely. Now, uh, there's another drug-related thing in the news going on at this time. Uh, of course there is, because it's the 1980s, and that's all <laughs> that anyone could talk about. They had a G.I. Joe line dedicated to drug enforcement in the yeah, 1980s. they did. Those are pretty cool G.I. Joes. Yeah, that's, my favorite G.I. Joe comes from that, the headhunter guy. Yeah, the headhunters were really cool. Anyway, uh, so uh, drug lord Jose Gonzalo Rodriguez Gacha was killed by Colombian authorities. He was a what was that last name? Uh, gacha. Gacha. Okay. <laughs> gacha. That, that's a sweet last name. I just want to point that G-A-C-H-A. out. G A C H A. Gacha. Uh, he was a drug lord that was called the King of Cocaine, and he was linked to Pablo Escobar. Really? Yeah, and they had killed him, I think it would have been the day before, maybe two days before, uh, The Simpsons aired. They would have gotten him at that time. I wonder if anybody on the writing st- staff was doing cocaine at the time. Might have mm. been upset. <laughs> Probably, I hope not. Anyway. Uh, also, how do you get the title The King of Cocaine? Like, is there a monarchy for <laughs> cocaine? Well, listen, he was the Duke of Cocaine for a while. He was the Earl of Cocaine. He was the uh, Prince of Cocaine. And then he eventually rose up to be the king. If anybody out there is the Marquess of Cocaine, I want to meet <laughs> you. Because that's a pretty cool title. <laughs> so, I... I uh, there's a whole bunch of news uh, that I, I can get into. Another uh, kind of funny si- uh, thing that I noticed is uh, there was a, an article on Barry Sanders, uh, the the 17th, the same day The Simpsons came out. Because the newspaper we're pulling from is the same day that The Simpsons you know, uh, aired on the 17th of uh, December in 1989. And uh, there's an article on Barry Sanders. Uh, from the Lions, our star uh, who who carried the Lions and made him a okay team back then. The even only player who made them an okay team back then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Barry Sanders was carrying that team, and uh, the writer of that article, Mitch Album. Really, Mitch Album has uh, written for the Detroit Free Press for a long time, especially their sports column. And Mitch Album is, if you're unfamiliar, he has written a lot of books, uh, uh, some of which being Tuesdays with Maury. Probably best known for Tuesdays yeah. with Maury. Tuesdays with Maury was his best uh, known book. I have read Tuesdays with Maury and a few of his other books, including uh, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Which is a fantastic book. If anybody hasn't read it, it's I would great. say objectively it's emotional drivel, but you know what? I love it. I'm going to go on record and say I love it. It's great. Tuesdays with Maury is emotional drivel, but it's good. <laughs> right. It makes you think of other people and have empathy for other people, even if, for whatever reason, you might not have any empathy for other people. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, now uh, uh, there's one other thing I wanted to uh, uh, discuss as far as the news goes. But, Sean, uh, is there any news in particular from this day that like has kind of uh, caught you off guard? So it's funny you brought up Barry Sanders. Yeah, I yeah. want to touch on that. Yeah. I didn't watch football at all. All growing up. Yeah, yeah. But I pretended to be in sports, because that's what kids do. <laughs> if you're a boy, you like sports. And I remember Barry Sanders vividly. The posters of him running. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think every kid our age probably had a Barry Sanders poster, and... Probably. Probably uh, the very least play the, football. <laughs> probably in the Detroit area, at least. <laughs> Maybe outside of Detroit, not so much. But Barry Sanders was a great player. Like, he really, honestly carried the Lions uh, back then. But uh, another uh, uh, sort of interesting thing from this era, uh, which is weird to think about, 
is there's an article in the paper about how uh, the Communist Party, which was a real big thing back then, everybody. Uh, in case you kids don't know, <laughs> yeah, the case. Soviet Union was very communist, and we were at war with them in a Cold War. Yeah, quote-unquote war. <laughs> uh, but it's great you bring up the Soviets. It was USSR back then. Yeah. The Simpsons began before the fall of the Soviet Union, about a month after the uh, Berlin Wall, uh, Berlin Wall was uh, had fallen. Which oddly, I didn't know that one. I thought the Berlin Wall fell later. Oh yeah, Berlin Wall <laughs> fell uh, 1989. Uh, I think it was November 7th, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is when because uh, uh, you got to think it was Reagan who demanded that they tear down the wall. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. <laughs> <laughs> that was more Kennedy than Reagan. But. I'll, I'll buy it. Uh, I, I feel like it was Reagan to be, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this well, tear down this wall. Well, well. Well, well, well. <laughs> you know, he did say well a lot. But uh, yeah, uh, the Soviet Union, it was still the USSR back then. Uh, they wouldn't fall until 1991. And so for the first few seasons, it was the USSR. It Honestly, was not Russia. The only reason I know it was the USSR is because of Street Fighter 2. <laughs> That's the only reason I know the USSR was prevalent back then. USSR. I just think of Zangief and I'm just like, okay, it's the USSR. Yeah, it's it's weird to think about. I I uh, back then in even Street Fighter 2 when it first the game first came out, it was USSR. It was it was not Russia. The the uh, Soviet Union had not collapsed, and everything was okay with Russia from that point on. We never had another problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I I think I mean to me it's it's a good episode. There's a lot of funny jokes. Uh, it, it's a little sitcommy. You know, eventually The Simpsons becomes more and more about the jokes than it does about sort of the sitcommy kind of like overarching family structure drama. And I think this just being the first episode to air and it also being a Christmas episode is sort of like kind of the the big thing here. It's it's number one. It's the Honestly, very first episode. You touched on my favorite moment earlier. Yeah. And that's that they aren't a functional family. They're a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Homer's line that he is a loser. He's a Simpson. <laughs> perfectly sums up this entire series for what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. They're not going to succeed all the time things aren't always going to go right no they may work out in the end and if they do work out in the end it might not be the happiest ending but that stands out to me as something that sets up for an entire series yeah i uh i feel like the the tracy ullman shorts that came before the actual show of the simpsons they're I don't know. They're they're almost like political cartoons. They're they're just sort of like little one-off things that make a quick reference. Uh, sometimes they they you know it's just something as simple as like you know Bart getting into mischief, or something. It's you know sometimes it's as complex as like you know uh, uh, making a reference to you know like children's fears or something like that. You know, it's the one that I always remember is the one where they have to take a picture together. So oh, it's everybody yeah. trying to cram on the couch and take a picture. I don't know why that sticks out in my head, but I remember that one vividly. You know what's kind of weird? The Tracy Ullman short that stands out the most to me is when Homer forces Bart to take a bath. And at the end of the the little uh, short, or at one of the points, I think, uh, when the uh, the water fills up the room and o- Homer opens the door and the water comes splashing out, and Bart's like standing there naked with a towel, like kind of like wiping it side to side, and he's like, "Look, Homer, clean as a whistle." And Homer freaks out and chases after him. I, if you remember, Sean, and I'm sure you do, there were. Uh, trading cards of the Simpsons 
I remember those. It I came with the hardest gum in the world. <laughs> the gum was garbage. <laughs> it cut your teeth, your your gums and tongue like nobody's business. But I had a bunch of the cards. Do trading cards still come with gum? I I, I don't know. I, I haven't bought a pack of cards in a while. It's been a long time. I think since the 90s since I probably bought, uh, lost, uh, bought a uh, pack of cards. Unless you count Magic the Gathering. That was probably a few years ago. <clears throat> and, but anyway, I, but yeah, I, I, I had a card of Bart wiping his butt with a towel. And for some reason, it's just really vivid in my mind. I don't know why. It's probably telling of me as a person. It probably means that there's something fundamentally wrong with me deep inside. But for some reason, that scene of Bart wiping his butt, <laughs> saying to Homer, look over, clean as a whistle, is just vividly in my mind. The only one of those I remember is I had a Bart one that was underachiever and proud of it, and that sums up my life right there. <laughs> So, all in all, it's a legendary episode. It's got a few funny lines. Uh, it's it's a more touching episode. It's a little bit more dramatic, and you'll find that in this first season as we cover these episodes. But, uh, uh, Sean, is there any final notes that you have for, for uh, Simpsons roasting on an open fire? If there's anybody out there listening to this who hasn't watched this episode, go out and watch it. Yeah, I mean, spoiler I, alert. I, I don't think anybody... <laughs> Hasn't seen the first episode of The Simpsons. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, there's going to be a lot that we ruin in this show. I'm pretty sure we ruined everything in this show for you. <laughs> Just utterly ruined it. Uh, there's snow. We didn't bring up their snow. I spoiled snow for you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think we covered everything else. I... Uh, Thank you so much for uh, listening, everybody, though. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. This is uh, Noiseland Arcade. Uh, we're going to be covering the entire Simpsons series, all the episodes that matter. Yeah, I, I think the entire Simpsons series. It ended, what, 1998? Yeah, I think it, I think the Simpsons ended around 1998. now. It's something yeah, like that. I, I missed the series, but you know what? Uh, it's, it had a good run. It, it, it was had a good a great show. Run. It was a great show, and it's time. Ended on a high note, it did. We'll, uh, uh, of course, be uh, covering more uh, episodes as we uh, move forward, uh, but I uh, did want to bring up a, a few things. Uh, we're a part of the GameZilla Media Network, so uh, make sure that you're uh, uh, catching our other shows. Uh, we have uh, GameZilla, our show about video game news. We have The Legend of Retro, where we uh, talk about uh, old classic video games. Uh, and uh, as well as that, we have Noobs and Dragons, where I run a uh, D&D campaign. I've heard he's kind of a jerk as a DM. Only... Yeah, okay, maybe. And uh, to top it off, we uh, uh, also have Last Action Podcast, where we uh, discuss uh, uh, action movies. And uh, aside from that, though, the, we have, you know, if you go to GameZillaMedia.com or check us out at uh, GameZilla uh, Media on YouTube, we have, you know, long plays. We have, you know, blogs. There's plenty of other uh, content that we offer. Uh, but uh, make sure to uh, uh, check our other shows out and uh, look forward to the next episode. Which hopefully will be coming soon to you guys. Unless we get canceled. Just like the Simpsons were back in the late 90s. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> right right when, the, <laughs> right when it was getting good, they canceled the show and ended it all. Pulled the plug on a high note. That's Maybe that's what they'll do to us. Uh, but, uh, thanks for uh, listening, and uh, we'll see you around next time.